If you're not doing the internal work on figuring out why you're running and what you're running from every time you reach for food, you're going to be right back at square one every single time, having gained back the weight and then some. And every single new attempt takes you further and further away from what could actually end up being all you needed to do in the first place, which is get in touch with yourself. Hello and welcome. My name is Shelly Simonson. I'm a mom of four and a fitness and wellness coach with over two decades in the industry. I'm a trauma and cancer survivor living my life now on a mission to help you reclaim your voice, stand in your power, and build the confidence to not simply survive this life, but to thrive and create the life you know is waiting for you. It's time to get out of your own way and be her now. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 10. Are you here because last week's episode was a cliffhanger? Or are you just finding this episode on its own? If you have not listened to last week's episode, that is part one of our conversation around our relationship with food. So you're going to want to go back and listen to that. That's episode nine. Today, we're picking up where we left off for the second half of the convo. There's just so much that I wanted to share about regarding this topic, and I'm sure that there will be much more in the future. But for today, settle in, tune in, and let's kick it off with part two of our relationship with food. We get caught in this loop, and this is the crazy cycle that I see women live their lives through, is this loop of losing the weight without working on the root cause of their overeating. So they lose the weight, And then those old triggers are still there, but we don't know how to manage them. So we end up gaining the weight back and then some. And then not only have we gained back the weight and spent the money, but you've eroded all your confidence in yourself And also the the things that that does to our body, like physically, physiologically, that roller coaster of weight loss, the, the effect on our bones and our joints and our heart and our metabolism. This is the vicious roller coaster that I see, that I have seen in my decades in this industry. And I was reading this really interesting study from... Uh, It was a 2007 study from UCLA on the effectiveness of dieting. Listen to this. This will blow your mind. Researchers found that one of the best predictors of weight gain, are you ready? Drum roll. Was having lost weight on a diet at some point during the years prior to the study. The best predictor of weight gain was having lost weight on a diet at some point during the years following the, the, or previous to the study. Among those who were followed for more than two years after this study, 
over 83% gained back more than they had lost. Over 83% gained back more than they had lost. This is the world that we're living in. And it's nonstop. And the more desperate we become because we've tried that many more times, every, every new time that we try, every new attempt that succeeds and then fails, we end up more and more desperate. That has to stop. And it's just so appealing because we think, I'll just try this one more thing that I know can work for me. And then once I reach my goal weight, I'll, I will know how to maintain. I will be done. And I see this so much. And you guys, I have fallen victim myself. So please know I'm not preaching here. Um, I have tried the low carb, low, low carb. Which, now, don't get me wrong, carbs are important, and carbs in moderation are important. And I'm talking about, I'm talking about cutting down carbs so much that you can't even have a dang apple, you guys. Okay, so let's just get that straight. The extreme um, uh, limitations that some diets place on us. <laughs> We're deceiving ourselves, thinking that we can just try this one more thing. And I know that this is going to work because it's worked for me before. That's my first clue that somebody's really struggling with their relationship with food. Because if, if you're trying something again because you know that it has worked for you before, it did not work for you before. Because if it did, you wouldn't need to go back on it. Okay, let me take a breath. <laughs> I get really, really passionate about this because I cannot see women hurting and struggling and hating themselves because they have failed. You're not failing. You're just being lied to. You're being lied to and tricked and coerced on, on these promises and these guarantees and these new things. There is nothing new under the sun, my friends. There is nothing new under the sun. And I know that it's, it's, it's easy to say, eat when you're hungry, stop when you're full. I get that. I'm not trying to be flippant here and pretend like this isn't a real issue. But if you're not doing the internal work on figuring out why you're running and what you're running from every time you reach for food, you're going to be right back at square one every single time, having gained back the weight and then some. And every single new attempt takes you further and further away from what could actually end up being all you needed to do in the first place, which is get in touch with yourself. Sitting in that scary feeling. What is that feeling you're going to experience when you don't reach for food? What is that feeling that you're going to force your body to sit in? Okay, I'm getting a little heated here. I'm literally like sweating. It is hot outside, but I am in my closet too. So getting back to my client's question about how do I find the joy in this life when food used to be my source of joy? 
the first thing is acknowledging that food is a relationship. So it's almost like you're grieving the relationship in the, in the sense of what it used to be. It can't be what it has been for you before because you were, it wasn't the food giving you your joy. It was, it was what the food was helping you avoid that was um, deflecting your pain in that moment. Because I, I remember describing it one time as like a bad relationship with a bad boyfriend. You might be having a great meal or a great um, experience, a great food eating experience. And it tastes good. And it's there. And it's amazing. And you're enjoying it. And then you continue eating, but you know that you're full and, but you can't stop. And not only now are you full, but you're getting sick and either the food runs out or somehow you get yourself to stop. And then you're left with these feelings of regret, of shame, of awful discomfort in your body. So it's kind of that, like, it's fun while it lasts, but you know that this is not right for you, and you know that this needs to stop, but you can't stop yourself, and, and, and later on you regret it, and there's all these emotions around it. I don't know if that's a good analogy or not, but it made sense in my mind. So we need to bring back the joy from other things in our life. And so for this particular client, what worked really well, because she was doing the inside work. I mean, this gal was journaling every day. She would, things would pop up. She would write them down. She would ask herself how she was feeling. She would write down her feelings. She would talk about food situations that were coming up and, and how she dealt with them. And she went back to childhood and she got raw and, and really vulnerable. So. She was doing that internal work that helped her a ton, but kind of the surface level answer for me to be able to help her like in that moment, besides the go get therapy, go do the journaling, go get real and raw and quiet with yourself. Like that's all hard, long-term work. In the here and now today, what we can do is we can tune in to how our bodies are feeling and as she's losing weight and, and as she is trying new recipes and discovering new things and being able to go out to happy hour with friends and order different things off the menu and still feeling really good and, and having fun with her friends, it was more about noticing how she was feeling in those moments. I was having her really tap into um, specifics about how her body was feeling. How do you feel when your eyes open in the morning? Are you ready to jump out of bed? Do you feel less aches and pains? Do you feel less tired? Are your pants less snug? Do you have more energy during the day or are you needing a nap mid-afternoon? And, it, and it's helpful to, to take those times to really reflect in the moment, currently, presently, right now, as a result of the work that you've been doing, how is your body feeling in this moment? What are the positives? Can we be joyful about that? 
Can we look forward to that? Can we be excited about better sleep, less bloating, about more energy, about sliding into our genes? And when we can, when we can be joyful, when we can uh, change the lens through which we, you know, look for our joy, those are all things to get excited about. And so I think the most powerful thing, though, that you can do is in that moment, like this would be, this would be it. This would be like, if we could figure this out, we would not have this healthcare crisis. Women would be happy with their bodies, happy with themselves, loving themselves more, not feeling bound by this relationship with food. And the most powerful thing is to be able to stop in the moment that you're feeling like you want to grab food and ask yourself how you're feeling. What's the trigger right now? Why am I reaching for food? Why am I feeling like I want to stuff something away or run away from something? What do these feelings mean? What am I trying to avoid? And then ask yourself, how would not avoiding this feeling feel? Is that just too simple? Or is that the most powerful thing that you can think of when it comes to addressing our relationship with food? Not just our relationship with food. It goes so much bigger than that. It's addressing our relationships with our, ourselves and how we love ourselves and what we've been victims to in the past and what we're trying to control now and what we're trying to run from now and how we are using food as a tool, as a crutch, to comfort us in the here and now. Here's a kind of, um, was thinking, well, if I'm giving you like bullet points on signs of an unhealthy relationship with food, I want to close up with signs that you know that you have a healthy relationship with food. So first one would be that you are allowing yourself to eat when you want to without any guilt, without any guilt, allowing yourself to eat unrestricted what you want and when you want. You listen to your body's cues, your body's hunger and satiety cues, and you eat when you're hungry, preferably before you are famished. And you stop eating when you're satisfied, not when you're full, when you're satisfied. You eat the same way in private as you do in public. If you're sitting at home by yourself with a salad, you are ha as happy as a clam as you are if you are at an all-you-can-eat buffet with your friends. <laughs> You can freely share your food. I think about my mom when I think about sharing your food because my mom was the best sharer. She would have a cookie and she'd give you a bite. Knowing that you were going to eat half that cookie, she'd still give you a bite. <laughs> I have a hard time sharing my food. I did not get that trait from my mom. But it makes sense that when you are free with your food, you no longer 
you're not living in that food insecurity, that scarcity that you might have had growing up if that was an issue for you. You pass on food that's offered to you or free food if you're not hungry. Can you imagine the freedom of going to a party where there's just endless supply of food and drinks and you show up and you could take it or leave it. If you're hungry, you'll eat a little bit, but you don't feel obligated to eat it all because it's there and because it's free. That is a sign that you have a healthy relationship with food. No food is off limits. No food is off limits. You do not label foods good or bad. Broccoli is not good. A donut is not bad. You start to change the way you eat based on how you want to feel. That is a mature, healthy relationship with food. You, although the donut is not labeled as bad, you know that it's going to make you feel like crap. So you're going to pass on it, not because of the calories, not because it takes X number of burpees to work off a donut, but because you know you're not going to feel good. You don't count calories, points, or macros. You might be a macro-loving lady listening, or you might be, you might have tried different things where that's what you had to do in order to reach your weight loss goals. But what happens when you don't want to do that for the rest of your life? You can't do that for the rest of your life and, and live a life of freedom. And you choose foods that make you feel your best. Those are all signs of a healthy relationship with food that I wish for you, that I wish for all of us, that food would lose its grip on you, that you would discover what it feels like to sit in your feelings instead of reach for the food as the crutch and it's not going to be easy and it's not going to be overnight and you're going to slip up but I'm just such uh, an advocate for teaching our bodies that nothing is off limits and entrusting ourselves enough to know that just because we say nothing is off limits, that we're not going to eat a box of Twinkies in one sitting, that we are in, in tune enough with our body that we can detect those um, signals in our body when our body is starting to get sick or full, when our body's not happy. And we know that we are not treating it right. That is when true change can come. When we can get real enough with ourselves in the moment of pain or anxiety, anger, frustration, for whatever reason, we're turning to food. And we can ask ourselves, what is going on in my body right now? And what is going to happen if I just let this feeling surface and if I question it and if I tap into what it feels like 
And if I take it all the way to the end and I let it run its course and I sit with it and I allow it and I don't push it away or run from it with food. And I'll finish up with this. There is an incredible book that I recently read. It's called Women, Food, and God. And it was so, so powerful. I was highlighting everything. I was stopping and going, baby, you need to hear this part, reading it to my husband. And I was thinking to myself, every, every time I stopped and I highlighted something, I was like, every woman who struggles with food needs to read this book, Women, Food, and God by Janine Roth. I will give a disclaimer. I didn't really get the God theme through the book. Um, it was a little different from the way that I speak of God and the, and the God that I uh, believe. Um, but regardless, I can't not recommend this book. It was so incredible. Every woman who struggles with food needs to get this into her hands immediately. Women, Food, and God by Janine Roth. All right. Thank you so much for being here today. I hope this was so helpful for you. This was a very um, deep topic that's very close to my heart. And I hope that you uh, gained some insight from this today. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're loving what you're hearing and you know somebody who could benefit from this episode, please spread the love and share this with them. And I would be so grateful if you could take a moment to write a quick review wherever you're listening. Your feedback really matters to me. And don't forget to tag me on social media at Shelly Simonson Fitness on Instagram and share your favorite takeaway. Learn more about how you can get in touch with me in the show notes. See you next time.